who among us doesn't enjoy a good mystery? And especially when solving it means that I get to bring out my competitive side, even if it's just me against the clock, I just can't wait to uncover all the secrets. So June's Journey is a game that is completely up my alley, and I think you'll love it too. In June's Journey, a hidden object mystery game, you play as June Parker, who's on a quest to solve her sister's murder and uncover her family's many secrets. Each chapter brings you deeper into the story, and it's set in the Roaring Twenties, so beyond uncovering clues, you get to experience the glitz and glamour of the time. June's Journey is definitely not a game I play mindlessly, which I love because I get genuinely invested and a lot of it is a race against time, so there's a little fun added pressure of trying to find the clues as quickly as you can in each scene. There are also tons of ways to customize the island that you're on, learn more about the characters, and then new chapters are added weekly, so you really can't run out of things to explore. So if you think you're up to solve this case, download June's Journey for free today on iOS or Android or play on PC through Facebook games. June needs your help, detective. Some of you may think a podcast about representation, it's not for me. But if you're a human being, then the podcast Reppin is for you because we all represent something as people. So are you interested in knowing what you have in common with your favorite actors to best-selling authors and leaders in different genres? On Reppin, you'll meet notable people you think you know, You'll see what they show up for, and you'll see what they represent. It's an insightful, feel-good show, hosted by me, Evelyn. So come and take a listen. Reppin is available wherever you get your podcasts. And I'm Sue Smith. And and we love we scams. We love scams. Guys, we love scams and we really love you. <laughs> we love our listeners. We do. You guys are great. We can't say enough nice things. Um, we're getting some great DMs on Instagram. I'm getting some I do a great um we had a, a friend respond to me. She was listening to another Isaac Newton podcast. <laughs> and she's like, you're man. And I was like, yes, I do love Isaac Newton. I am yeah. sexually attracted to him. So thank you for, you know, shouting me out. And, um, and you know, the whole, the whole podcast is about scams because everything or so much of what we experience is scams. And we want you to be on the lookout for scams. We want you yes. to fight, fight for justice and report back to us, okay? Yeah, let us know. Always, you can always call our hot tip hotline, 347-509-9414, and share with us if something has happened to you or if you're afraid people need to like watch out for a certain scam. And okay. it can be any scam, no matter how big or small. And it can be mm-hmm. like, even if your, you know, produce guy is selling shit that has bruises, tell us. Tell us about those bruises. Ugh. Oh my gosh. So guys, I'm so excited, but also cautious. And I feel kind of guilty because Sue is our guest and Sue is going to tell us about an experience (sighs) and it's going to be hard. So I'm like, cannot wait to hear it. But I also know courage and it's emotional. As we all know, we I talked a lot about my emotional shit. So you guys, (laughs) I get it. uh, I got scammed I still I think I relate with this experience to 
what our guests say a lot because they're like, you need the validation of like, was I scammed? I don't know. Um, and, mm-hmm. and telling yourself it's fine. It's fine. So and also I, you're a smart person. <laughs> thank you. You're a thank smart you. person. I think that's what everybody needs to hear after they've gotten scammed. I need that validation. Um, so I, I'm like getting chills right even before okay. I start talking about. So I had worked in a day job for four years and I was like sick of it and I was sick of New York and I wanted to move to L.A. so bad. And I started applying to um, tons and tons of jobs on LinkedIn. And it's almost impossible to find a job in L.A. if you're in New York um, Mm -hmm. and don't live there and can't meet the people face to face and all this kind of stuff. So I was Mm -hmm. applying to jobs for like maybe four months and I was getting phone interviews and and things were moving forward. I I had like four rounds of interviews with Funny or Die and I ended up not getting a job that I thought I was going to get. Um, and I was devastated. So then after that, I took the first job that was offered to me. And, and this was because you wanted to get the hell out of New York. Like It was also like a tool to get out. Yeah, I wanted to get out of New York, but I uh, was mature and adult enough to not move without mm-hmm. a job because I've like done mm-hmm. shit like that in the past where I've, I've been like, I'll do this and I'll be taken care yeah. of by the universe and then gotten into thousands That's a big of deal. dollars. That is a big deal to reach. Card. Yeah. Yeah. To reach that point and go like, I know that I need this amount of security to live because I'm an adult woman. Yes, exactly. So I was like, I need a job before I can move. I'm not just going to move. Um, And also like my husband, too, like we were giving up our lease on our apartment that was rent stabilized that we lived in for seven years, moving him away from his family on the East Coast. Like it's kind of like a big deal. You have to have that Mm -hmm. security. Um, So I took the first job that was offered to me and I knew that it was suspicious because I had one Skype interview where I talked with not the owner, but the or I had one phone interview when I talked with not the owner, but like this guy who calls himself the head of strategy. Um, (laughs) That's a bizarre, bizarre title. Yes. The head of strategy. And I talked to him for like an hour and didn't hear for him from him for like a month. And I mm-hmm. was like, okay, I didn't get that. And then they emailed me and they were like, hey, your resume sort of got lost. Um, we're so, we we want to speak to you again or whatever. So um, then I had a Skype with them on like a Friday night and I got an offer. And they- Did you get an I, offer right away as soon as you interviewed with them? After the interview, after the second interview, and um, I knew it was shady because they didn't ask for references. They didn't do a background check. They didn't ask for samples of previous work, like nothing. So I was like, this company is going to be shady. And but I'm but okay with like that a, because they're offering me more money. I'm like, one of my sticking points with the job that I had had is that I'd been there for so long and I'd asked for a raise seven times last year and not gotten it. So this place yeah. was offering me slightly more money so I was like okay I'm just gonna do it and I guess in some ways like it's kind of nice that you don't go through the hoops for references sometimes I'm like like we have to check all these things and I'm like oh just hire me I'm really nice no and sometimes it's kind of nice to not have to go through that at first it was easy it was really easy but when I got the offer I didn't even accept it because I was waiting to hear back from another job so I I didn't accept it for a week I I was just like I don't want this job I know it's gonna be shitty and I knew it was gonna be shitty because because like 
So the the ad agency I worked at before, I was working on big accounts. I was working on like Adidas and combos and all kinds of like fashion stuff and like whatever, like Mm -hmm. stuff that's not comedy, but it's interesting and fun. Fun. And -hmm. then this company only worked on small businesses. So they were. Is this also an ad agency? (sighs) They did they did they say they were an ad agency to you? They said they were an agency. Um, They. They said they're a digital venture and I'm not going to name the company, but it's easy to find if you stuck me on LinkedIn. Um, Okay. So I, so I don't know exactly what they did, but Mm -hmm. I was like, oh, this is like digital. This is digital marketing, whatever. That's what they do. I don't know. Similar. Yeah. And, and they work, I knew they worked for small businesses. So when you really want that life change, you can convince yourself of anything out so and I was like oh they were for small businesses it's like I'll be doing service I'll be like helping small yeah. businesses get ahead and raise their digital presence great I don't and think I, you have to convince yourself I think that's a great thing I, mean, yeah. I don't think it's that hard it sounds like a good idea yeah yeah and I wasn't excited about it but I knew I I wanted to use it as a lily pad so like some real housewives use who are, who want to get divorced <laughs> they use the real housewives as a lily pad to like be Just able like to that. make that life change and have the the resources to make that life change. So I was like, this is mm-hmm. not my pr- forever home. I'm not super excited about it, but mm-hmm. this is my lily pad. So I get mm-hmm. there and like the first day that I go to work, mind you, I had asked them for a month to like change my life and like move across the company. And they were like, mm, you can have two weeks. And and that was it. So I get there on my first day and like it's a total so culture. They only gave you a month to, to try to. I, asked, I remember this is happening. You asked, asked for, for a month. You, you asked for a month from for your start date to get you situated yeah. in LA and they only gave you two weeks. Yeah. Yeah. Um, from okay. like, so like I quit my job um, that I'd been at for four years. We were doing and ScamWow for the first time. Yeah. And we were recording our first ep- episodes of ScamWow. Yeah. I quit my job. I moved across the country. Two weeks later, I started a new job. And so like, I remember my first day, I it was such a culture shock because I'm used to like taking the subway or whatever. I drove an hour to the suburbs to this like office building in like the middle of nowhere, like, like just crazy, like the complete opposite of like working in the financial district in New York, whatever. It It was crazy. And then I walked into the office and it's a massive, massive, massive office um, somebody had said 25,000 square feet, which does not sound right to me, but I do know that like the employees had to, s- some of the employees would skateboard from one end of the hall to the other because it was so huge, no. but it was a massive <laughs> office and there are 10 people working in it. There's nobody there. The place is completely mm-hmm. empty except for like 10 people. And I was like, this That's is creepy. fucking weird. So, um, and all the whole time, I'm like, I don't really know what these people do. I'm not sure what they do. Um, so then the owner of the company is like onboarding me, like showing me around and whatever. By the end of my first day, I still didn't know what the company did. I still didn't get it okay. because he was using a lot of words like SEO and ROI and just like deliberately trying to be vague and confusing. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I don't that know what those words are. Yeah. That was his whole thing. Um So my job was I was uh, supposed to be a senior copywriter, which I was. I was like, so, yeah, so I was a copywriter. Um, No one trained me. They were just like, okay, this is what we're doing. We're 
building these websites. So by the end of my first week, I was like, oh, this company builds websites. That's what you do. You build websites. Just say that. Okay. Um, and also by and they're not beautiful websites. So I was like, mm-hmm. why don't people use Squarespace? Like, I don't understand what your whole <laughs> thing is. I mean, they build WordPress yeah. websites, whatever. I was like, what are you doing? Um, so also, but- Sue, you're very visual. So I see that as like a conflict with you because like you came, you're just Sue does all of our amazing graphics. So it's like you're very visual to be like, you're a small company. Like, why not do the best? You know, yeah. coming from working with really high end. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. But so the whole time. So I. Um, oh, my God. Like, my heart is beating. I'm like so closed off. That's it's so okay. hard to talk about. Your whole body gets involved. It's not just you're retelling a story. You know, like yeah. this is of course you're you're feeling tight and stressed. Like this is it was a big, big change in your life. Yeah. Yeah. So no one trains me. Um, I don't know what I'm supposed to do. The guy that hired me, who's the head of strategy, uh, <laughs> doesn't tell me anything. There was another person who was a copywriter, um, but he works in a different office and they don't want me to talk to him for whatever reason. So that's um, bizarre. Yeah, it was really bizarre. And I had to kind of figure it out. But basically what they wanted me to do is like, when you're building a web page, every web page has all these sub pages, right? So like yeah. you're building a web page for a tile company and then there's all these pages about where the tile company is located, what they do, who they serve, like each and every product, uh, like types of tile, like fine tile or thin tile and thick tile and brick and all this kind of shit, right? And yeah. the the owner's theory was that in order for the web pages to rank on SEO, which is on Google, like when you Google something, in order for it to come up first, each of these pages has to have 500 words. That's the owner's theory. So I'm writing what I figure out eventually that no one tells me that I have no background. Like I have no background in SEO. I have background in like social media marketing um, Mm -hmm. and copywriting. And what I figure out eventually is like, I just have to write and write and write all day long. And so like my first project was for a tile company and the copy I ended up writing was 150 pages, single spaced, like Mm. just for the copy for their website. And that's how much copy that each project took. So I'm there, I'm doing this and it's my first month. I didn't get paid for the first month. And I was like, okay, well, it's a new job. And again, my boss is like, he, the owner of the company is just like talking in circles and talking and talking and can rationalize anything. And I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah, it makes sense. It makes sense. So they got my first He was saying it's just like things haven't been processed yet. It takes a while to get into the system. Like those sort of generic reasons why you're not getting paid. Exactly. Um, So Mm -hmm. then I got my first paycheck and I was like, oh, I got my first paycheck. This is not a scam. Or this is a real place. And I got my paychecks on Mm -hmm. time. And every time I got my paycheck, I was like relieved and surprised (laughs) that like it Mm -hmm. actually went through. My direct deposit went through and there was nothing. Um, Okay. And to give you an idea of who these people are, and I'm still in culture shock. They're like, I can't even begin to describe. They're San Diego bros, like surfer bros Mm -hmm. that I have never Mm -hmm. encountered before. The owner of the company wears flip-flops. His wife is has five children, um, but she's very tiny and blonde. Five children. <laughs> um, so they is, would like to be on the Real Housewives of 
San Diego. Oh, for like. sure. That's the only thing I ever was able to relate to her about <laughs> is the Real Housewives and Vanderpump Rules. Um, okay, empty office. And yes, he told me I was a senior copywriter and I would be the lead of the copywriting team. And the copywriting team was going to be the biggest team in the whole company. Um, is the company also, sorry, really quick, is the company, did he tell you it's growing at this point? There's a reason there's only 10 people. Like, was he, was this a startup company or was this a, did he okay. give you that implication? It was growing, but. Okay. It had had a previous company. He had had a previous company in the space that he, in February, fired everyone and only kept like five people. So, and this was out of like 60 people. He had fired everyone and kept five people. And that's why the company was so small. But it was growing and they were staffing up. Um, Wow. His wife is the HR person, which is shitty, but I have experienced this previously. Like an owner's wife should never be an HR person. You're only mm. HR person in your company because that's such a fucking conflict of interest. But I'd experienced mm-hmm. it before, so I was like, whatever. Um, mm-hmm. I got my first paycheck and I asked for a pay stub because I needed to get an apartment um, in LA. Yeah. And it took me a week to get a pay stub. So it was like okay. a whole thing, a whole ordeal. Like I couldn't, they couldn't get me a pay stub. Um, this was like the last week in October and... Um, So for Halloween, they wanted to take a staff picture. And again, just to like give you a sense of who these people were, the people I would not normally mix with, but I try to be non-judgmental and open to anyone. So it was Halloween. They wanted to take a staff picture. They brought in costumes for everyone. Uh, The boss, the owner of the company dressed up as an Egyptian and the wife brought in (gasps) Rasta wigs for everyone to wear. Yeah. I shit you not, you guys. I shit you not. Um, um like, we have our producer Caitlin in the studio and she looks like she's she's cringing. <laughs> she's dying in her chair. That's was there was there any sorry, is there any diversity in the <laughs> Um I think oh, there yeah. was like who one was guy who was Latino. But that was it. So was there there was nobody that could rock go Rasta with Nobody that was a Rastafarian. No. So it was like me. Oh, there's an Asian girl. There's an Asian girl. She was nice. But no one was no one. It was like being in a in the Twilight Zone. No one was calling this out. No one was like no one was like, is this weird? Uh, My first day day there, they took me to like lunch at a place called Din Tai Fung, which is like in a huge mall, a lovely mall across the street. But again, culture shock because I hadn't been in a beautiful mall in ages. And (laughs) so it was me and a bunch of white guys and they're talking about like hunting and shit. And I turned to my boss and I'm like, I'm sorry. I'm used to working with women and gay men. So this is really weird for me. Um, I was like, this is strange. This is very strange. What did you say? He was like, oh, okay. And then I think that resonated <laughs> with him because he brought up that I said that over and over again throughout the coming months. <laughs> um, <laughs> okay. I have no idea what so they funny. do. It's such a New Yorker's expre- expression to be like, sorry, I'm used to gays. It's how I live my life. And they're like, he like can't handle that. Honesty. I think he's, oh, 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 oh. And then, so when November rolls around, it's election day. um, And he, where me, and there's another woman in the office who's probably in her 40s and she's lovely, the nicest and most hardworking woman. Um, We're watching the election results come in and he, you know, I have it up on my screen, my like big screen, we're watching him come in and he tells us that he voted for Trump. And I was like, you're 
kidding me. No. You're kidding me. And and he said that um it was for tax reasons because of small business taxes and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, in my head after that, I was like, oh, no, no, no. This is who you are. You go to church mm-hmm. every weekend and you voted for Trump it and you have out. five children and yeah. you wear Rasta wigs and that's what you do. This is who you are. <laughs> Their whole family seems just very unattached from other people's, from having any exposure to anybody else in America. They're the their m- own little bubble. For sure. They're the most beautiful, like, white, like, good-looking surfer bro, flip-flop wearing, grew up in Southern California people ever. And I'm, like, mm-hmm. very much in culture shock. I can't express that to you enough. Um, I still have no idea what we do. Um, the <laughs> whole company is run on spreadsheets. Um, the boss has, like, spreadsheets on spreadsheets uh, and keeps making new spreadsheets. The biggest fucking spreadsheets I've ever seen with, like, so <laughs> many columns that it's, like, A, E, and A, B. Like, it starts out yeah. with column A, column B, column C, column D, whatever. He has so many columns that goes through, like, A, E, Z, Z. Like, just no, no one can fucking understand this guy's thing. And his... His head is so crazy that, like, his solution is to make a new spreadsheet every time there's a problem. So then in the time that I started, they hired, like, five more people. And these people are dope. And we get to be friends. And we go to lunch at Denny's every week because that's the closest restaurant is the Denny's in the parking lot. Um, Mm -hmm. And they're great. And and at first, everybody is, like, kind of stoked to be there or whatever. Nobody's talking shit because it's their new job. So whatever. You're happy to have a job. Yeah. Yeah. And we're all like, what do you do? And they're like, I don't know. No one's trained me. We don't know what we do. We don't know what we're supposed to do. And these are like top people. Like one girl worked at a top yeah. agency called Deutsch. She was a strategist. She knows strat- strategy is a real thing. But like so- right. the strategy they did there was like a single space word document, which is not strategy. Like strategy is something beautiful with images on in a deck that you sell your mm-hmm. vision on and it's philosophy and it's made up bullshit, but it's beautifully designed. It's not like <laughs> single spaced shit on a page. And everybody tried really hard at the beginning. We tried really hard. And the the office was over an hour away, like an hour and a half away from L.A. It was in Torrance. And uh, he would not let us work from home. He wanted everyone to be there by 930 and stay till 630 every day. And it's an hour and a half away. <sighs> Whatever. He would not allow us to work from home. He was very, very, very picky about that. So the people that he hired, I think after my comment, he hired two women, three women, one um, guy of color and um, another white guy, of course. January rolls around and we knew we were going to move offices, but we didn't know when and we didn't know when we would be done in our other office. So one Friday in January, he was like, you guys um, are going to be working from home for three weeks. This is our last day in the office. And we're all like, that's weird, but cool. Like, great. I'm still getting paid. I'm like, whatever. I'm like, I'm just showing up and taking a paycheck. This is an end to a mean. This is what I tell myself every day. I'm showing up and taking a paycheck. Mm -hmm. Um, So he was like, you're going to be working from home for three weeks, which is crazy because he did not let anyone work from home ever. Right. It's like two extremes. Yeah. Yeah. and then when we were working from home, you know, the two people that I, the two other copywriters that I was overseeing were like freaking out or everybody was just like, what is going on? This is insane. Mm-hmm. Um, 
because no one's was there like a lack of community oh go ahead no one's clear about what we're supposed to be doing and the tasks Mm -hmm. that they give us are so unbelievable so like one of my copywriters was working on a website for an elderly care company and so Mm -hmm. he had to write 500 words about each thing each page for this elderly care company and so he had one full page where he had to write about catheters and I was like this is like it's his first writing job ever and I felt so bad he has to make up 500 words about catheters you know and it's like this is insane this is crazy and it was just like no you just have to do it you just have to get it done no one's going to tell you how just figure it out so my copywriters were freaking out so I asked the owners I was like hey the owner this guy um Egyptian flip-flops I was like hey Mm -hmm. it's only him and his wife right yes just he and his wife him and his wife I was like hey can we you know get a we work uh or like he had said like Everything he said, like, never happened. He had said, like, oh, yeah, we'll meet up once okay. a week. We'll have a company meeting, blah, blah, blah. Um, and I was like, hey, can we get a WeWork for, like, a week? And he was like, oh, they only do it for a month, I checked. And I was like, I don't think that's true. So we're <laughs> writing. We're at home writing. We're, I'm, what am I writing about? I finished the Tile website. I was writing a lawyer's, a divorce lawyer's website. So it was so depressing because <laughs> it was talking about, mm-hmm. like, each kind of, like, divorce law, like, very detailed and specific. <laughs> Yeah. So then I'm talking. I remember all of this happening, Sue. I remember like while you were there, I remember because we were doing Skim Wow. Yeah. And you were home, but you were so sad and you just watched so many documentaries. Yes. That's when you watched the Fire Festival. <laughs> you were like, I'm yeah. here. I just need TV. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I was. was. Such a bummer. Yeah. It was such a bummer. And okay. So there, so I'm the writer. And then there's, there are these people, which I had no background in, but there are these designers called UI UX designers. And they're basically like people who design what a website is going to look like before it happens. Mm-hmm. They don't make the website. They don't code it or anything. They just design it beforehand. So I'm talking to the UI UX designers and there's one girl I really like and she's cool. And she was like, I don't know what's happened. Or like I would vent to her on Slack and just be like, there's no communication what's going on and she wouldn't write Mm -hmm. back but she would text me and she was like no he's he's reading he's definitely reading our slack so we can't really talk openly so we're working from home wow I talked to her and she was like I was talking he hired another white guy to be a UI UX designer a a very experienced senior white guy who knew what he was doing so I was talking to this girl who was a, the UI UX designer, and she was like, I was talking to this new guy, the senior guy, and he was saying that, like, our boss is making up this SEO stuff. So, like, this 500 words thing, there's no – that's not set in stone in Google. Google doesn't yeah, – I've never heard that. Google doesn't give you these rules for how to rank. Like, that's, like, mysterious. Like, that's not something that they reveal. Um, and, mm-hmm. and she was saying, like, this new UI – senior guy like knows all about this and like he has experience with this and he's never heard of it because they don't want pages to have 500 words either because then their designs look like shit then it's just like all text on a page and it looks like shit yeah nobody wants that nobody wants that nobody's gonna read 500 words on your fucking page and also another thing is while i'm building this website i just google it and i say to our account manager i was like hey, this is already coming up in Google. Like, this is already ranked first at Google. So what are we doing for them? Like, what, why, like how are we managing their SEO when this is already happening for them? Um, mm-hmm. I know this is complicated, and that's why it's, like, hard to talk about. So 
then I talked to the senior UI UX guy from home after I talked to the girl. And he was like, yeah, let's bring it to the owner. Let's talk to the owner about it. This is crazy. Like, this is not, this affects our workload. This is not what we should be doing. And I was like, okay, cool. Yeah. Yeah. So you guys have all like sort of powwowed while you've been at home, yeah. which is crazy because you're not even in person. Um, he won't give you a WeWork. So you're sitting and you're all going, okay, what he's asking us to create is already being successful. And he's asking you basically to create things out of the blue. Mm-hmm. So he's asking you to create text and um, copy that then will get noted by Google. And which which I heard my cousin told me that it's also like you, if you tag your website, a bunch of hashtags or some, some sort of tags on the Google search, if you load your website with that on the back end, then you get helped with searches. So what you're saying is that there, this website that you, that you Google searched yourself already did exist and was already the first one up. So whatever copy and text was put into that website already existed and was successful. Yes, exactly. In what he wanted to achieve, but he wants you to achieve and he wanted you basically to redo it, do a brand new one. Was it similar to that or really different from the website you saw? So we were redesigning the website and they okay. already were ranking in the first one without any, yeah. without a lot of copy, maybe Redesign. 200 words on their page. But he wanted us to write 500 yeah. words for every page. So okay. yeah, with Google, it's not hashtags and stuff, it's keywords. So if your URL is like suesmith.com slash bananas. Then if your whole page is about bananas, then it'll come up. But in order for it to come up up on Google, it has to be about bananas. It has to be about the thing that your URL is about. You know what I mean? So there has to be these keywords Mm -hmm. that it's going to rank for. Does that make sense? And keywords, do keywords have to be in the URL or in the copy? So whatever's in the copy has to feed back up to the URL. Okay. Yeah. Okay. It has to drive. Yeah. It has to drive back there. Um, Oh, Christmas happens. Um, None of us got bonuses, which was weird. I mean, but we were all new. But like you see, like, you know, people at my old company got like $25 Amazon gift cards. You know what I mean? Like nothing, no acknowledgement of Christmas, whatever. That's fine. Um, I asked And they're very religious, though, it sounds like. (laughs) I asked him. Very religious, but no acknowledgement. No acknowledgement. I asked him for pictures of his kids. I'm like, oh, my God, show me your kids, blah, blah, blah. And he was like, oh, you should. Ask my wife about that. Like, totally dismisses it. Oh. Probably does not like being a father is what I... This is all, like, conjecture and shit I figured out. Um, I don't know <laughs> that it's real facts, but that's what happened. Okay. so It's real feelings, guys. It's real feelings. So we make this pact to, to bring this to him and be like, hey, we don't need 500 words on our page, and it's slowing us down. We can't work fast mm-hmm. by, by writing 500 words for all the stuff we can't get shit done in the in the manner in which you need it done if you need 500 words on everything. So I'm mm-hmm. like trying to like I talk to the guy that hired me. I'm like I want to schedule a meeting with you guys blah blah blah. And like I'm technically a lead. Like I'm a senior person. My voice should be heard. And he mm-hmm. has said to us, the owner has said to us like I don't want opinions. Like I don't want your feedback. I don't want your opinions. Let's just work. Whatever. But so I like don't say very much. I didn't say very much at all because I was like, I'm just going to put my head down and work. But this was affecting myself and it was affecting everybody else because, um, you know, it would take us like a month to write a website. And these poor people that I were supervising had to write about catheters for a month. You know what I mean? Like I was like, Mm -hmm. I just can't have them doing that. And I can't 
if it's unnecessary. Like, this is miserable. And if you're a supervisor, like, you do care about your team. You're managing were, a team of people. They're great people. They're great people. And so this whole time, um, we also, in addition to going to Denny's, had a text thread um, together. Had a text thread together um, when we were like, what the fuck is going on? We're all talking. And I'm doing my iMessages on my computer. So we make a pact to talk to him together. I come in one day to the new office and uh, we had the meeting scheduled. We go in for our meeting and then the senior... It's you and the team or just you? Me, the two copywriters, the owner, and the guy who hired me, the senior strategist. And the senior UI UX guy who I'd made the pack with, who's a white man who I know that this other guy will listen to because he's a white man. Mm-hmm. He comes to join the meeting and I was like, oh, are you, you're joining the meeting, right? And the boss is like, the owner is like, no, 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 he's not in this meeting. He's not in this meeting. We don't need him in this meeting. And I was like, well, okay, I guess I'm fighting this ba- battle alone. But mm-hmm. I had wanted him in because I knew that he would listen to another w- straight white guy. So yeah. in the meeting, I like bring this up to him and I was like, hey, I think this and I'm super professionalized. I say, hey, I think this is really affecting our workload. Um, like, are mm-hmm. you sure that we need 500 words for each thing? And he was like, yeah, we need 500 words, 500 words. That's a rule. That's a rule. That's a rule. And I was like, OK, because I like did a little research and I didn't see that anywhere. And he was like, you did some research and like. Before this, he'd been so nice to me. He gave me a hug when we get into the new office, like the nicest to me. He's like, you did some research. Who do you like? Essentially, who do you think you are? He flipped. He was so rude to me. He was like, who are you? Are you saying that I can't run my company? I was like, no, I'm not saying any of that. I'm just just saying threatened. Yeah. He was like, are you saying I don't know what I'm doing? I'm like, no, uh -uh." I'm just saying like. If this is the case, it affects the whole company. And and I kept it really professional. And he was like, I've heard enough. And this, this, we had this mean back and forth for like probably five minutes where he is just being very condescending and very degrading. He was like, I've heard enough. No, 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 no. Stop talking. I've heard enough. Like very <gasps> degrading. And he, and then it gets to the point where I'm just, he gets so mad that I'm challenging him. Yeah. And he was like, Sue, you can leave. And I was like, okay he was like you can leave you can leave we'll talk about this later and I was like okay like and so I go out to my desk and I'm I go outside I'm just bawling because I've never been spoken to of course and I don't know I I think I'm blocking it out I don't know like the exact phrases he used but he was very very unprofessional with me and very condescending in a way that like I came from a high pressure advertising agency and no one had been that personally degrading to me ever there in a way that's mm-hmm. like your opinion doesn't matter. I'm not listening to you. You're a woman. Yeah, you're a woman. I'm not listening to you. You're challenging me. I'm the authority. I know best. Do not question me. Mm-hmm. And really shutting you down in wholly. Yeah. Completely in front of these two other people that I supervise. And while everyone else sat there and said nothing, not a word, not a word from anyone else. I was the only one saying anything. Mm -hmm. And the person who I'd made this pact with to talk to him about wasn't allowed in the meeting. So I'm just sitting Mm -hmm. there getting like degraded and. um, And it's humiliating. Yeah. And I've I've blocked it out because it was just like so upsetting. So like I get back to my desk, I go outside and I'm just bawling like full on like panic attack, like 
just mm-hmm. bawling. And like my other coworker came out with me and like he was so freaked out because I was just like, I've never been spoken to like this. Like, I don't think mm-hmm. that even when I was a kid, I didn't get so personally attacked. I've never been personally attacked mm-hmm. in a way that's like, who do you think you are? What do you think you're doing? How dare you? The kind of thing that mm-hmm. everybody fears being talked to like that of like, um, you know, like imposter syndrome kind of things where it's like, mm-hmm. you know, someone's going to know, someone's going to notice. That's the shit that he said to me. He, he was like, who do you mm-hmm. think you are? What do you think you're doing? Why are you challenging me? You think I can't run my company? Like this kind of shit. And I was like, okay. Making it a personal attack on him because you said, I did research. I did research. <laughs> Which is to, to be good at your job. You did, you went above and beyond yeah. in any other office. They'd be like, wow, she took her time to like really make sure that we're successful. And that's the response you got. And he was like, oh, you did research? And I was like, mm, I did one Google search. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> I did a light Google search. And he was like, he was, he was, yeah, re- he was really set off by the word research. Like it really set him off. Yeah. It wasn't like you created an FBI file and you <laughs> called the cops and you did all these other things like that's, and his response is very peculiar. I will say. Yeah. Yeah. It, Horrible. I mean, he's a shitty person, but it also like is a red flag. Like why is this person so insecure of you doing any sort of, um, research. Yeah. And until this point, I'd been like kind of um, pushing everything down. And I'd been like, Mm. you know, just accepting everything and being like, okay, he's a San Diego bro. He wears flip-flops. He's Egyptian. Like (laughs) I'm in the middle of nowhere. I have no idea where I am. I'm across the country. Like this is work I've never been doing. And this is whatever. I'm just going to accept it and do these things. Um, I know he is misogynist and I'm just going to accept it and move on. Whatever. I just been pushing it down. But then when he yelled at me like that, I just I just like really set something off. Um, But then I go back to my desk. So after like an hour of like crying, I go back to my desk and I just keep I put my headphones on and I just keep working because I'm not going to leave because I want unemployment, I'm going to get fired. (laughs) Like, I'm not Mm going to be the one to quit. I'm going to get fired so I can get unemployment if that's what's going to happen. I had been thinking of filing complaints with the Department of Labor previously because he, the only other, like, there was no women there in positions of power. Like, he had fired a woman who was in her 40s, this really nice woman that I watched the election with, um, just kind of out of nowhere um, because she had challenged him and I had seen that and he had like kind of yelled at her. My red flags were already up. So the next morning I came in and after like a night of crying and talking to my sponsor and needing to feel validated, next morning I came in mm-hmm. and he and I emailed the HR person, which was his wife. Um, and I knew that he was reading her emails um, of course, but he's the Department of Labor said in order to file a complaint, you have to have a documented attempt to rectify the situation. So I was like, I'm going to email the HR person and see that I rectified it and meet this Good. person. And I my sponsor was like, you need to meet him face to face and apologize for challenging him. And I was like, OK, that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to apologize for my part. And then he called me up to his office. He was like in the new office was like. A fucking old garage. And like or like a big warehouse. And he had an office, a glass office on top of the steps. And I was like, oh, I'm getting fired. (laughs) Like I just I've been fired Mm -hmm. before I knew I was like, I'm getting fired. So Mm -hmm. I deleted all my files from my computer. I did like 
deleted like all personal yeah. stuff from my computer. Um, yeah. I turned on my voice recorder and I recorded our conversation because in New York, you it's really hard to fire someone like you. It's very, very hard to because we had wanted to fire someone at my old job and it took like mm-hmm. a year to fire that person. Um, mm. And you have to have documented temps of like improvements and um, like a performance improvement plan and all this kind of stuff. You have to have document documentation that you try to work it out. You can't just fire anybody. And I don't know if California is different. Um, so I have my voice recorder on because I wanted to document this whole thing. And he says to me, he was like, it's clearly a rehearsed speech that he's done many, many times. And he was like, this thing is never easy. This kind of thing is never easy. And I was like, yep, <laughs> here we go. Uh, wow, yeah. I was like, this is clearly rehearsed. And he was like, I just think that this isn't a good cultural fit. As a podcast network, our first priority has always been audio and the stories we're able to share with you. But we also sell merch, and organizing that was made both possible and easy with Shopify. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell and grow at every stage of your business, from the launch your online shop stage all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. They have an all-in-one e-commerce platform and in-person POS system, so wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. With the internet's best converting checkout, 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms, Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers. Shopify has allowed us to share something tangible with the podcast community we've built here, selling our beanies, sweatshirts, and mugs to fans of our shows without taking up too much time from all the other work we do to bring you even more great content. And it's not just us. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. Shopify is also the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Because businesses that grow grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash realm, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash R-E-A-L-M now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash realm. Hi, I'm Madigan from Your Angry Neighborhood Feminist, a podcast that explores the world through a personal feminist perspective. Check out new episodes Mondays and Fridays for a wide variety of topics and news episodes. Listen wherever you get your podcasts. Rage on. I think it's not a good cultural fit for the company. And I was like, okay, so this has, and I made sure to say it so I'd get it on the recording. I was like, so this has nothing to do with my performance and the role. And he was like, it's just not a cultural fit. And I was like, okay, because I've never been given any feedback at all on my performance. And he was like, it's not a cultural fit. And I was like, so is there anything I can do to improve my performance? Like, is there any feedback? 
He's like, it's not a cultural fit. I was like, all right, not a cultural fit. Wow. Uh, so then I went downstairs and I was like, guys, I'm fired. <laughs> That's what I said to everybody. And then I, I walked out and I got out in my car and I drove half a block. And my coworker texted me and she was like, I'm fired. And then um, my other coworker texted me and she was like, I'm fired. And then my other one texted me and he was like, I'm fired. So he fired me. Two other women, women and the man of color on the same day telling us all that we weren't a good <gasps> cultural fit. Wow. Which is bananas. Is that like. Yeah. And is that. Did he just like Google that as an OK way to I fire? Don't know. Like, why did he use that? Is that phrase? Does it it's supposed to get him out of something? I don't or did know. He say he fired. He fired three women and one black man in one day saying that we weren't a good cultural fit. And kept the men. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so the scam is that they have all these small businesses on retainer and he scams them into signing. And this is all alleged. I don't know this for a fact. This is what I like gleaned from working there. Gathered. Yeah. He scams them into signing three-year contract for SEO maintenance and digital marketing services and strategy. Okay. But we do not provide those services. We do not do strategy. Again, I told you it's on a Word document. The real strategy is not done. Um, There are months that clients go by and their SEO shit is not touched. They are already ranking for SEO. So he has them on these retainers. He's charging them monthly and not doing anything for them. That's what the scam is. Mm -hmm. And he didn't want anybody to find that out. He just wanted it to be, you're coming in and doing this job. And if I keep people working and busy, was he just assuming that he could, that like, you know, million word document on catheters, he would just hand it over to the client in case they're curious. Yeah. To say, oh, look, we're doing something. Yeah, exactly. So I think he's just like, it's all smoke and mirrors. He thinks that if he talks enough, mm-hmm. and says enough words that people just get confused and mm-hmm. respect his authority. And respect that he knows what Mm -hmm. he's doing. And when someone challenges that, it's not good. So then he gave us all our paychecks on the last day. Okay. Mine clear. So this was preemptive, like he decided. Oh, yeah. He had them written out for the exact amount. Gave us all our paychecks, four of us. Mine cleared. Two, uh, one other person's cleared and two others bounced. And he said that it was because we all deposited them at once. Because my coworker's like, I'm going to the bank. I'm going to deposit deposit mine right now because I don't trust it. Um, he told it. He he told us it was our fault, but that wasn't true because I waited until that night to deposit mine and mine cleared. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's just he's just blaming mm-hmm. ourselves, blaming us, gaslighting us into thinking that it's our fault for depositing our paycheck. And did those people ever get? Did those people ever get their money? Yeah, they demanded. So one girl texted him and was like, I will be there at this time this morning and I will be there with a police escort. <laughs> like, so she got uh, and she was like, I want a certified check or and I will be bringing police escort. So she did get a check. We don't know what he does. He shuffles around his money somehow. So we found out that the reason that we had been kicked out of or the reason that we stopped working from that old office was that he hadn't paid his rent in a year. 
So that makes sense. Yeah. And they were going to lock us out. Um, The reason it makes sense that he you guys were kicked out of the office, because whenever you move offices, it's usually like you have a month to plan. I had this big move when I worked for this law firm. Everybody had boxes for him to say we have to be out by tomorrow. Obviously sounds like an eviction. He was like, (laughs) it doesn't sound like a planned out (laughs) move. He's like, it's our last day here. We had to schlep our monitors out to our cars and take them home with us. It was really fucking bizarre. Um, That's what it sounds like. But he controlled the narrative. Like he was like this Mm -hmm. whole time. He was like, we're moving offices in February. We had no idea that he wasn't paying the rent. And again, that might be not true. I think the story is that he was paying like, only a portion of the rent since he was only using a portion of the space. He thought that he could only pay, you know, for what he was using or something. I don't know the exact details, but I know that we got evicted and that's what happened. I also know from Googling that he has a criminal record. Like he's been sued multiple times for fraud from previous clients and has a criminal record. And that the day we were fired, he was sued by the old building. So, he fired us to like pay his legal bills. Essentially, that's what happened. Yeah. Oh, and then he told after I got fired, he told my other cooperators that I kept thinking I was a team lead when I wasn't. Um, his wife has a criminal record because she's been on some of these lawsuits. <gasps> um, yeah. And then the good news is so I contacted lawyers and they were like, you have definitely. Some illegal shit has gone on here. I contacted a few different lawyers, but they were like, we can't take your case because we have a full caseload. Or like, I think lawyers won't take these kind of cases unless they think that they're going to get money out of it in the end, you know? So no one really cares. But that's my experience. So then this story has a happy ending because I'm unemployed for like a week and a half and I go on LinkedIn and I see that Funny or Die has another job up. And um, it's a job that's like, perfect for me because it's creative and then but it's Mm -hmm. also advertising and it's very specific and very like no one has this it's skills that no one else has perfect yeah and I got the job I was only unemployed for Mm -hmm. two and a half weeks or three weeks Mm -hmm. maybe I didn't go on unemployment and it's a wonderful job and everybody's so nice I work Mm. 10 to 6 and no one cares. And sometimes I work Mm -hmm. from home and my commute is 10 minutes from my house. And it's great. I will say that I have PTSD from this experience because in my first one-on-one meeting with my new boss, he's a white man and he is nice, but just very like dominant. And I just started crying right away. (laughs) Like I could not even control myself because I thought that like I was being attacked again and he was like I don't know what happened to you before but I'm not gonna do that to you and I was like okay cool so I spent this week like reaching out to therapists and trying to find a new therapist because I was like I think I have some Mm -hmm. like weird emotional shit from this whole Mm -hmm. thing it was really awful like I like I knew this wasn't the job for me but like I uprooted my whole life and like my husband's life to like take this job. You were pretty alone. Yeah. In this, it, I just feel like it was such an isolating moment. Like, because, I mean, we, we joked about it earlier. We were like, you know, figure it out. Like, that's what the jobs were saying, figure it out. But it just feels like you were so isolated. And then the second you said, oh, I'm trying to make it better, you were attacked for using your brain. Yeah. You know, and really like, and how men treat women with how dare you. Yeah. And how dare you. Absolutely. 
It was awful. And so afterwards, we were like, how could he have known? We were like, he seemed like it seemed like he was reading our texts. So we still don't know if Mm -hmm. like it's a company computer, if they can like get into our computers and read our iMessages because we had that text Mm -hmm. chain with the whole group. Because the, mm-hmm. the way that he turned so quickly um, to think that I was challenging him when I had never, like he was like, clearly you're not happy here And when he was firing me. And I had never, I'd been very careful not to give that impression or that indication at, in, that mm-hmm. at all that I was feeling like that. So it seemed like he was reading our texts. Uh, your coworker said he reads your Slack messages. Yeah, but that's easy because that's what you control. Like our texts were on iMessage. You know, even though they were on company computers, I don't know. So then, since then, I wonder if he got someone. This was to send them to him or something. Yeah, or somebody. Somebody. There's a rat. Um. Mm-hmm. So since then, since like the end of February, three, five more people have left. I don't know, including his business partner, and his business partner mm-hmm. had introduced him to his wife. So they go way, way back, and they've known each other for 15 mm-hmm. years. Um. And his business partner was like, "This guy's a scumbag." Well, and if he's been sued before and had been like had charges of fraud, yeah, any smart, intelligent, badass bitch from New York City who's going to come in and say I did a Google search is going to scare the shit out of him. I mean, I'm just saying that's he's just like a scared coward. Yeah. Yeah. He had a fraud case against him, which he lost. I don't know. It was a felony. I mean, whatever. Well. Oh, and also so we found out that he... His website, what all the copy was copied from his old company. And then somebody sent me a, a graphic design business from like Colorado. And they were like, doesn't this logo look familiar? And it was the same logo as our logo. <laughs> and like he had copied that from another place. And then when I left, he told the other copywriters that he wanted them to be writing 500 words in an hour and that... Um, it didn't need to be created. He intentionally told them to just copy the words and not actually write them and just kind of like cheat. <laughs> Whatever. But my new wow. job is great and it's lots of fun and it's very creative and I'm so grateful. The end. Well, yes. And Sue, I just, I mean, we, we can stop talking about it at any time. I was going to say, I think you're just really, really smart to reach out to the other coworkers because I think a lot of times when you're in that situation and you're new to a city and you're on your own. That's all you have are the people around you to be like, hey, guys, isn't this weird? My new boss is so aware of like the nuances and the fragility and all this stuff. But like men just need to be so aware of how they're speaking with women Mm -hmm. and so present in the moment because it is so triggering and so um, difficult and hard. It is. It is. And I'm also – I feel like sometimes – I'll go around like just ready for somebody like there's like after a while, like when you just feel kind of shell shocked afterwards and you're just like ready for somebody else to yell at you. Like I just I was like feeling like everything I did was stupid or everything I was doing was wrong. And I just it really like tears you down in such a way when they're like their excuse. I'm blowing off steam. I was just mad. And it's like, well, there's we've had our whole lives people treating us a certain way because we're women. And then you just crush that ship into the iceberg like it's just well you're mad and you're also bigger than me you know like you can physically hurt me you know and that's that's yes and we do feel for our safety even if they aren't going to be physical like in that moment of that anger I don't know if you're going to be physical or not like I definitely thought 
when that guy was screaming at me, I was going to get hit in the face. I definitely was like, his hand wasn't like he was pointing and his hand was in my face. And I was like, you're going to hit me. Yeah, absolutely. And he didn't, but I, I was ready for it. Absolutely. And I, so I called lawyers. I emailed the Department of Labor. I emailed a local newspaper and no one cares about this. Good for you. Like no one cares that this guy is scamming 90 small businesses in Southern California. Literally no one cares. Could you contact the businesses? Could you reach out and be anonymous and somehow get an anonymous account and say, I worked for him and just, you know, you're being conned. Like, would that make you feel better? I have, no, I think I probably signed an NDA (laughs) that I'm not supposed to Mm -hmm. do that. But it's very funny because um, one of the clients called, one of the girls that got fired was our account manager and the client called her right after she got fired because the client didn't know. And uh, she said, just so you know, I wouldn't do business with this person. He's a bad person. And he just fired all the women and and people of color in his in his office. So just so you know, and I was like, oh. so she said that to them. Yeah. But I don't know. I don't I don't want to like extend the negativity and like go on this crusade of like whatever. I know. Fighting this battle. I know. It's so hard. It's like you want to heal and you want justice and you want to have what's right. Yeah. But you also want it's 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 a very hard situation. Yeah. You don't want that person to get away with it. Yeah. Um, I would love to offer a, a resource yes. to our scam avoiders. Yes, Kate. So when you uh, a lot of small business owners fall victim to this where you absolutely need a website, but maybe you're like store owner or you mm-hmm. run an elderly care center or whatever and you don't mm-hmm. understand the internet um so you go online you buy a domain um google if you buy a domain you put your number your phone number and your name mm-hmm. and your email and google will sell all of that information to people who do digital marketing right it's kind of a part of what the whole average whole digital marketing advertising mm-hmm. is so like for instance if you buy it happened to me when i bought morebanana.com you get a lot of phone calls and emails from people saying that they're going to put you on the front page of Google for SEO and Google AdWords. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it tends to be very exploited. It was Google AdWords um, too. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it's just this way of basically going after small businesses of being like, you don't understand the internet. So you need to pay us to us understand to it. Searchable. Um, and, and there are resources online through Google that will do that for you. For Really? If you want to learn how to do it. Yeah, absolutely. You just go to Google AdWords. Every I'd love to know that, that you own has that capability for SEO. Yeah. Um, you can do it yourself. But if you don't know how, um, we used someone, uh, her name is this woman, Julia, who does everything on her own. She's in digital marketing and branding. Um, her name is, uh, her, whatever, her Instagram is Creative Crumb. And she does exactly like what you were saying when it comes to content strategy, Sue. She designs a brand story for you with beautiful images. And she uses like these are the guidelines for your SEO and it's like a one-time thing she explains to you how to do it and you're done and you're set up and she designs web pages and it's very affordable and she's not exploitive and like that's what you should be looking for mm. website just for people out there who want Good. not yeah. have to pay monthly to someone who does nothing that's yeah because it seems like if you you only need it one time like if you you just if that main front landing page if you can just get all those keywords in or whatever it is you just need it that one time you don't need a monthly retainer for this you don't need a monthly retainer. No. Like, you absolutely do not. Um, and he was charging, he told me that brands were paying, or like small businesses were paying um, minimum $5,000 a month, and the maximum was $40,000 oh a month. $40,000 a month, no, maximum. 
for the oh, service Lord. that he wasn't providing. I feel bad for these small businesses. I know. I know. They're like doctor's offices and lawyer's offices and construction companies mm-hmm. and contractors and tile stores and like small businesses are trying to like be the best in, in what they do. And there's like a, a meal prep place. Like it's mm-hmm. such a bummer. Um, but it's fraud. I mean, that's what it is. It's fraud. Like he that's it's what fraud. they sued him for. Yeah. That's what he's doing. It's fraud. But the only good thing is that you have an actual team of people that really enjoyed working with you, Sue. So they're still following you and still are like your team in this new way. <laughs> You're a team of getting against this crazy fraudster I'm, and they all, you all connect. I'm pretty sure they're listening to this episode and feeling very validated right now. And I love <laughs> you guys so much. We're the bad kids. I love That's what our text, too. our text name is the bad kids. You so <sighs> love them. Ah. Wow. Sue, well, thank you for being so honest. It's so difficult to any of those traumatic experiences to recount it, to go over it. And it's hard. So thank you for talking to us. And hopefully our listeners, if anybody's gone through that, they're not alone. Yeah, working is hard. Don't get SEO scanned. Mm -hmm. If you were starting a small business, what would you recommend people do for SEOs? Like, or I guess we already said that with Caitlin. You can just go on Google and look for free SEO options. Yeah, I mean, I think that you need to have a website that looks good. SEO stands for search engine search engine optimization. Yeah. You need to have a website that that's looks good and you should have somebody design just uh design your website for sure cuz that's your thing, but to like get it pushed up in Google. I think it sounds like from what Kate's saying there are free resources that Google has that you can just MacGyver mm-hmm. and try to be an expert in. Well, thank you guys for listening to my horrible story. <laughs> um, and no, thank you, you know, for listening to you're our podcast. Out of it. I'm so happy you're out of it. Yes. Guys, if you have any if you have any scams or anything happening in your week or you want to share with us, please you can always reach out to us on Instagram or Twitter at ScamWow Podcast and email scamwow at gmail.com. And then you know we love our hot tip hotline, which is 347 509 9414. We love a voicemail. And we love you guys. We love a voicemail. <laughs> um, all right, guys, we'll see you next week. Yes. Bye. Bye. They are the game changers, leaders, celebrities, advocates, outliers, newsmakers, underdogs, survivors. What do you have in common with all of them? A lot. Find out only on Repin, where you'll meet notable people, people you think you know. You'll find out who they really are, what they show up for, and what they represent.